It is another episode of Take Fountain. I'm here with Tom Mount. And today we have a guy who means a great deal to me. I always say this every time that I have somebody close on the show. But you should know that a lot of things that happened in my career, uh, you, you have to you have to give credit to where they came from. And, and early on in my, uh, when I was doing The View, I realized that what we needed in the show was were the sort of things, remember how, how in, in Carson would have, like, if he wanted to bust things up, he had Rickles on all the time, or he would have sure. Buddy Hackett, or he'd have right. uh, uh, Buddy Rich, or, you know, all those people. Uh, and Newhart would come in and sit down, and he had material, and all those things. And right. I said, we need that sort of thing, because, you know, day in and day out, this is tough. So probably uh, during my tenure there at The View, over 17 years, this guy you're about to meet was probably on 100 times. Uh, maybe uh, maybe maybe more. 153. 153. Are, are, do you actually know the number of times you were on the show? Yeah, I think maybe now 155 now. Wow. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Wow. Anyway, Mario Cantone is with us. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. You, you know, um, it was uh, <laughs> early on in a show when you're wondering where the show's going to make it or not. You you need all the help you can get. And Mario would come in and he'd have, and he'd just come through the door and say, hello, bitches, and tear <laughs> the place up. And I thought, oh, what a breath of fresh air this is. Just just do whatever. And he had material. He would work out songs. He helped us with anything, commercial integrations, all this other stuff. And we were lucky to have him. And this was, was before he was a huge star, by the way. Now right. he's a huge star and he would never be oh, involved in those right. sorts of things. Anyway, you thanks know, for being I, with us. I just want to say this. I didn't realize this until my out my email today that you call this show Take Fountain and believe me I know where this comes from. <laughs> exactly. But, How yeah. could you not? I, I take Mountain and for those of you that don't know out there, right? Betty Davis was asked what advice would you give young actresses, and she said, and I'll do it in her later voice, <laughs> Take Fountain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was her way of saying F you, basically, to those young actresses, because I'm not going to give you any advice. I'm just going to tell you that sunset's a little slow at that time of day, I, yeah. and you use fountain to get to Hollywood. I completely relate. People, what what, can we, what what advice do you have for young comedians? I'm like, don't do it. <laughs> get out. Um, I, I want to start with, a, with a, a quote I just read. You have to, There's some big uh, magazine that has you on the cover, uh, and I can't oh, remember that. Bella, yeah, it's great. And, yeah. and, and, and it starts with calling you, or you calling yourself the laziest man in show business. And I've heard you, I've heard you say this a thousand times, and it, never makes, any, it never makes any sense to me. What is it you're trying to say? Because you know it's not true. Well, I think at this point it is. Um, <laughs> um, well, it's what we were saying before we went on the air. It's like, you know, I mean, now that I'm, I've, I've, I've finally am, I'm a regular on, on a series and just like that, and I'm doing well. And, you know, there's people that have had this uh, early on in their career and, and they have this series. And then, of course, you know, in the hiatus, they, they have to make a movie. I just thought, I, I, I don't, I'm not going to make a movie on my hiatus. I want to sleep. You know, I'm, I, that's how I feel like I'm yeah. the laziest in a show business. And, and the other thing that is, you know, I never... I mean, actually, for you, I did. When I was on The View, Matt and I and you and I would, would write stuff down. We had to for, for material, for, yeah. you know, the award show, you know, bust up and, and whatever sure. else we did, yeah. summer blockbuster movies. And, but mostly for my stand-up, I would always just get up and I'd have the idea, I'd have the character or the impression or, or whether it was me, and I would just go. I never wrote anything down. And you mean I all those times life, I saw you were like Carolines or something? You were just, you just arrive on stage? all in my head. I wasn't riffing. No, it was material I had, but it was all in my head. Right. And, and therefore, it was different every time. It, I would embellish things. Things would come up that weren't there before. And when by the time I had to do Laugh or my one-man show on Broadway. Which in was fantastic, yeah. Five, uh, the way they got the script is we did two backers nights in like a, a year before at the American Airlines Theater and they taped it, they, they, they audio taped it and they gave it to Magic Fingers and they typed it out. Then we had a script. I didn't have it written down. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Well, you know, I've, I've seen you do, I mean, do you still do stand up? Do you, do you show up and do? Uh, I, well, I do the Cafe Carlisle now. Oh, of course. Well, you oh. sing, of and then you tell jokes and sing. You're, it's very. Uh, that's a, yeah. That's well, a great. That, that's a that's a great place for you to do. It's good. It's it's small. You know, I hate small. Clubs. Do you do that with your husband? Do you do you do, do you do like? Does he we play did. the piano or? 
I no, mean, I, he does, but I he, know he, he does. Actually, his involvement with me for my stand-up and for Laughor um, and the new one-man show, if I ever do do it, is he writes original music for me. Like he wrote this great Bruce Springsteen number that you never saw. It's really brilliant. Yeah. He writes all my original Liza stuff. He's he's written he's written some funny stuff. And in the Laughor, he wrote like four original songs. Um, he so used to write stuff involved. for the View for you. Yes, he did. That's we we right. needed a bit. He would write a song. He would write a song. Yeah. Yeah. When we came on for Valentine's Day and announced we were getting married, he wrote this really funny thing that he played at the piano and I sang. But that's that's rare that he does that publicly, as far as playing for me. What, what he uh, has done, well, Laughor had a lot of different things in it, but but and I don't know if this, this was in Laughor or is just something you did on the View. Yeah. But you do a, a thing where uh, Liza and um, Judy sing to yeah. each other. Yeah, I never. Yeah, I, I never did that in Laughor. This came after Laughor. Really, Liza. that wasn't in Laughor. That was just something no. you did on the View one day. Yeah, yeah, that was it. I did that. That clip on YouTube is like so many. There's so many views on it. Yeah. it, it it's uh, it's the Christmas thing. Yes, it's the Christmas I, thing. I, I, I post it every that. year at Christmas, or, or usually, uh, if I, I can find it. You know, I, I'll, and everybody does because it's. If you haven't seen it, go 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 find it. It's it will. You know, you won't be able to breathe by the end. You'll be laughing so hard. But it it's was fun. It was fun to do. That. I mean, yeah. I mean, I did Liza and Judy in um, in Laughor, but I didn't do them together. Didn't do Actually, them together like the that. Show, in the new show, I'm doing them together. I do them kind of having a duet. But um, it's uh, yeah. That that was something I, I did. For the view that premiered on the view wow i feel special well you um, know it was great to do original stuff for you guys and i always loved music even when i started doing stand-up i in at the improv in in 1984 i mean peter glue may he rest in peace played that piano he was the house pianist i would come out and open with the number like no one did no stand-up comedian did that i always incorporated music so by the time laugh came around there was more music and with the cafe carlisle not that there's more music, but there's plenty of it, but the bulk of it is stand-up. And there's only me and Wayne Brady, the only two stand-up comedians that come from the club world that play the Cafe Carlisle. And I think the last comedian, pure comedian that played there was Mort Saul in like the early 90s. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's, I feel, it's, I love the cachet of the room. It's a very special room. I, I love the room. It's a great room. I just did it. I just did a week in April and then, and then a few days in, in, in June and it was all sold out. And it's, no, it's I know it always sells out. There. It's expensive, that place. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But, yeah. uh, you know, people come. I'm like, How did you two meet? What an unlikely combination <laughs> um, of I know. Cafe I'm Society Soigne and Mr. Oklahoma. Yeah, an Oklahoma, I mean, guy from Oklahoma. Well, you know what? It, it was always the um, semi-conservative straight man that loved me more than anything else. Well, I think anybody. that's true. Yeah, I it's think true. that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that I, I think that I don't know why exactly. I'm not exactly Look, I, sure why. I just did the Carlisle, and Friday night I said, "How many gay people are here? None." Yeah, and I was right. like, "I'm beloved by my people." Yeah, exactly. Right? And, and there was like corporate guys banging their tables laughing. It yeah, was right. just like, and I would get up at Caroline's. So gay people don't go to common stand-up clubs. They go, they'll go to drag shows, they'll go to cabaret shows. But like Caroline's or Gotham or those clubs that I used to headline and sell out, it was like 400 people. And most of them were straight unless there was some you know you know savvy theater gay folk that would come but mostly i would stand up on that stage in like the mid 90s and just look out and go look what you i, I would take that moment once in a great while and go yeah. look at what you're doing and most of this audience is straight which is bizarre and you're just being who you are and doing your thing what's a and, great it's a great thing that's happened to this kind. i mean would you can you imagine look i've i've seen you long enough that i can i remember even not even maybe 20 years ago a performance at caroline's where there were a, a bunch of assholes in the front row who yeah. were who were uh, every time you told a joke, they'd do, yeah, you know, I mean, they didn't use uh, derogatory oh, but words, they would say, they would, they but they might as well have. Uh, that was my fear every time, you yeah. know, you know, and it didn't happen that much at Caroline's. Once in a great while, if they let in a group of guys. That's what it was. They were drunk, and it was a real frat guy kind of thing. And I remember, I do you it. remember this yeah. night? I, I don't know. They probably, they probably, you probably had so many of them, it doesn't. It I did. Didn't resonate to you. And it wasn't just them. You know, there was some very conservative Southern women that was sitting in the front row one time that got up and walked out. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. And she was like, We keep our trash. They walking out, she said, We keep our trash in the garbage, not on stage like here in New York. I was like, <laughs> Well, all right. Um, <laughs> Fabulous. 
Listen, I okay. just, Mario, but, I have to tell wait, you. Wait, Tom, we met, I, to answer your question, we met at The View. I, you uh, met at The View. Okay. Joy was doing, doing the Comedy Corner, right. and I went on there and a few times doing Joy's Comedy Corner, and one, and that's how I met him. And then one, um, one day, I happened to, it was like maybe the third time I did it, I happened to go on the night after the Golden Globes, and I was just trashing and going off about the Globes, and it was a, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> See what happens when you're Italian? You tip over your ears. Your, your, <laughs> Love it. It's like scaly windows. Love it. Um, so I, I, um, yes, I was the Golden Globes, and he, you loved that. I and did. Bill said, "Let's do the award shows." Right. And we started doing award shows after after the Globes, after the Grammys, after the daytime Emmys. And, and, and not only did you love it, Barbara, lo Barbara, Barbara loved, loved it. it. Yeah. Yeah. I could do no wrong in her eyes. Well, so. I've got to say, just, and I'm going to give this back to you, Bill, because you have a lot to cover here. But I just want to say, Mario, the <laughs> notion <laughs> that this guy, that Bill Getty, cares so much about you and speaks so well of you so often, and I've now known him for, what, about a year and a half? Yeah. And I've heard your name every week for a year and a half. Yeah. So... It's the best thing that recommends Bill as a citizen of the 21st century. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I'm it a, does. a modern yeah. man. He was ahead um, of his time. But you know, it's funny with the, that what happened was, uh, with, you know, I'm eventually going to get some of these stupid questions. Uh, what happened was <laughs> that we, I would heard him do this thing, this riff on the Golden Globes or whatever. And I said, if we did that, because, you know, Golden Globes are, not as funny as and ridiculous as say the Grammys, so the yeah. Grammys or the, the, or the Country Music Awards, right. or yeah. the daytime uh, Emmys, which are horrible. Right. You know, just a horrible show. I'm sorry, it just is. Yeah. And and I said those things have jokes written in. And I'm also a frustrated comedy writer. I don't know if you realize this. So I so it gave me a chance to like. I think I know here's a now. joke. Yeah. Here's a joke about you know Alan Jackson's song and the country music. You know, and occasionally I'd get a joke in. Uh, so so uh, that so we so we sat and did. I don't know, five award shows a year or something. Ask for, and, and the good thing about that was that, remember, for 24 hours after an award show, you can use that stuff for free. I mean, yeah. the whole thing, the music, the whatever it was. You could use yeah. it for free because they wanted to promote the show. Right. So it was like, why not, right? Well, you, we, well we, I would rehearse it for the crew. It was terrifying because we would write it the night before. I would come in, and we'd rehearse it for the crew. I loved that crew. They yeah. would laugh and yeah. let me know. It was and then you would come down, and you would have the final tweak, and you always added a few brilliant things and, and, and cut the right stuff. And you are a comedy writer. You're a comedy showrunner. You should have been. Should have anyway. been. Didn't happen. Ah, the next life. All right, now I'm going to ask you a few things. I'm going br to brush through your childhood. Because okay. I think that I, I do think that one of the things that uh, people find appealing about you is that is that is this sort of big Italian family that you come from the the idea that uh, that you have um, it's uh, it's it's Massachusetts right it's it's I forgot yeah. the town where it's um where, where Stoneham Massachusetts Stoneham Massachusetts Everett and then Stoneham Stoneham and I'm actually in Beverly Massachusetts right now oh right now as 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 we speak yeah um, and. I, I assume that it was hard to be an Italian. I always think, and then I'm, it's a stereotype. I realize, but but an Italian yeah. Italian male, I think, would if ever there was a macho sort of stereotype, That's that him. would be it. Yeah. So, what was that like for you to be well, this person that you are? I, I mean, they, they never, they never, they didn't. They, you know, they they. <laughs> they <didn't laughs> The, they didn't know it was coming. Yeah. You know, th they were like, what? But, you know, I was beloved by my cousins and my, my siblings, and I, I, they thought I was very funny. I had my mother was funny, even though she was a depressed woman. Um, my sisters was very funny, my cousins. So all that humor came from, and they embraced me for the most part. My mother did not love the fact that I was gay. She was not happy about it. She she died when I was 21. Uh. Um, she had or oral cancer, so we never kind of straightened it out. Um, we didn't have arguments, but she scared the shit out of me, and she was very moody. She was a bookie and a compulsive gambler. That's a whole other thing. Um, but and and she was from Avellino in Italy, 
uh, her mother and father were. And my father was from Sicily. Now, my father was much more kind of, well, whatever. You know, I, I never really came out to my mother, even though she knew and she would say brutal things to me to scare me straight. It was like, like what? Late. Like what? What would she oh, say? Oh, like it's being gay is worse than being, you know, uh, a drug addict and it's horrible. And, yeah, you know, yeah. she, she would say shit like that. Uh, yeah. Do you think she, that she was, you know, I always wonder about this with people. Do you think she was just going like, that's a tough road for you? Like maybe what? maybe there was something like that. Not now, just sure there is that. And she also, you know, my, my sister's best friend, Harold, who's still in my life, he was gay and he was Jewish and he would come to dinner every every Christmas. And my, my mother loved him. So I knew she really didn't, you know, deeply feel that way. She It was that way of her scaring me straight. Yeah. I, but she also, you know, didn't probably didn't think it was, she probably thought it was disgusting in her heart, I'm sure. As my father, who was a Sicilian guy, was like, nah, you know, <laughs> yeah. I never really, I never, we, we kind of actually one day, I said to him, thank you for accepting my lifestyle. And he had so many women in his life. It was ridiculous. Right. And, and he said, you know, thank you for accepting mine. And right. I was like, well, okay. Right. Um, yeah. So, you know, he, he would, he didn't, as long as, you know, he was okay. He loved Jerry. He didn't like my ex, but he liked Jerry. Yeah. Um, so he just really was okay with it. And when I went to Sicily, that's how they were. They didn't want to see you you know, having sex in the streets, but they were like, whatever, as long as you don't yeah, hurt anybody. Yeah, exactly. But when you went to the Naples area and Avelina, where my mother was from, they didn't like it. So these were you cultural know, differences between different Italians. And the difference was in my father and my mother. That's you know, what was right. like the psychological I did, I did an interview once, I, I say I did because of Barbara Walters. We did an interview with Sophia Loren and she called her Italian and she says, I'm not Italian, I'm Neapolitan. Yeah. And I thought, oh, so obviously these areas had their own things. They do. It's like when, you know, there's a line in Sex in the City early on when, when they, they where, where, where Willie, who was played by, uh, Willie, who, who played Stanford, may he rest in peace. Right, uh, right. He, he, he says to me, are you Italian? And I said, no. And he goes, oh, I said, he goes, what are you? I'm Sicilian. He goes, is there a difference? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there is that thing. Did you, uh, did you have the usual sort of bullying and all that stuff oh, yeah. that went with it? I mean, yeah, you go to school. I did. Yeah, I did. I, but I never got hit because I would, you know, I would, I would run or, yeah. <laughs> or do impressions. You're a very bad boy. You know, <laughs> you know, you're terrible. You've got a chip on your shoulder. And like, well, I, would, I would literally like get around it. But I was, I was, in, in, I remember in sixth grade, I was being followed by Car uh, Carlton Mason and he would, he would just wait for me after school. And, it, and I would wait, I was terrified. And I, had to, I never got, I, I found my way of kind of getting out of, out of things in junior high school it's so funny because like grade some upper grade school and junior high school is when i really got bullied by the time i went to high school it all shifted because right. they saw, i wasn't bowing down to their shit yeah. i wasn't playing sports i was i wasn't gonna pre you weren't gonna pressure me i was i was basically an out kid at 13 years old i didn't announce it on the intercom and sure school, but i was out to myself and a few people and this was the this is like 73 74 then by the time high school came around 75 76 I graduated in 78. I was I was out and people knew and some people didn't like it, but they left me alone. I was protected, really protected by Stephen Jameson. And and I remember uh, uh and 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 John Clark, they were like, they were like not John Clark, it was John Carroll. They were guys that were like captains of the baseball team and the foot and the football team. Mm -hmm. Stephen was the quarterback. They protected me. They used to bully me in junior high school, but in high school, I remember sitting by them sitting by Steven, especially, and um, I just, in, in French class, and I, I humanized myself to me by him just getting to know me. Yeah. And he just he completely turned anybody that messed with me, and Billy, my friend Billy Blavelle, anybody that messed with me. He had a fight at a, at a, um, at a, at a high school dance because some guy was giving me shit, and he beat him up. That's right, and they were straight men. Yep. That's the story of my life. You know, the, I, I, I think that that is the, the sort of the history of the uh, of gay rights movement in many ways is that that people started out and they didn't know anybody was gay. They, they did. They did, but they didn't. So yeah. and so and when people started coming out, it's like, oh, yeah, I got a cousin who's gay. He's all right. You know what I mean? And that's don't you think that's what it was? We got to know people. It. I, I'm proof of it. There's only way it changes it. Even at Emerson College, what, which I graduated from in, in the 80s, that was a 60% gay college. And 
at the time. My sister went to it. All, a lot of gay people in the in the in the '60s too. I mean, that were going there. It was kind of known for that. And uh, you know, there was some jocks there. And I was in a fraternity that there was only a few gay guys in it, but mo one of them actually was gay. Most of them were straight. And there was a couple that were a little like this with me, and they got to know me, and it completely changed their view on gay men. I mean, right. on gay people. Yeah. So that's how you do it. And that's how you still have to do it, yeah. no matter what. Well, that's I mean, why it's important. That's why so many gay people say it's important you tell people you're gay, because otherwise, absolutely. <laughs> otherwise, yeah. you know, they don't realize they like you. You know, I mean. No question. Yeah. Well, the good news about our business yeah. is that once you've decided to enter the hell that is entertainment. Right. The idea of sexual identity is out the window. Yeah. You just, if you're not going to work with a diverse yeah. population, you're not going to work. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, well, just, guess what, Tom? It came too late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, but, it's, but it is it interesting. Because I remember being in L.A., and, and, and I remember an actor saying to me, don't tell, I was just in the 80s, don't tell anybody you're gay. You know what it was like oh, back then. Listen. You, it was, you were like a leper. You could, it was not, you, in front of the camera. But even like agents, like, who cares if an agent is gay? I know so many, uh, there's a few agents and producers that are, like, so gay, and yeah. they're married. I'm like, come on, man. I know, I mean, Please. it's like, what are you worried about? This was, this has been happening for years, and it still happens. But if as an actor, it was like, oh, no, 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 you couldn't do it. I lost so many jobs. <clears throat> I mean, I'm sure there were some jobs I didn't get because of it, but I know for sure, for a fact, that there was, there was, I remember in 86, I auditioned for, I think his name was Jim McCauley, uh, or was the, 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 the was the the um, booker for the Tonight Show, oh, yeah. and okay. they gave me a date. He loved me. He was like, I don't know. He came. I'm running running out of the room at the Improv, and they had videoed it because he wanted the tape. He came out of the room and he was like, I don't know what we're gonna do. But we're gonna put together six minutes. You're amazing. His gut was like, We're gonna do this. You're amazing. Yeah. And then a week before. He called me and said, I looked at the tape and your your act has a gay edge to it and I think it'll make Johnny nervous. So I'm gonna, I think we're, we're gonna cancel him. And I had a date, October 28, 1986. And I'll then you think it. about the number of gay comedians that appeared on the Carson show who Johnny knew were gay. Of course, we all yeah. did. Yeah, and like you know, Charles were. Nelson Riley wasn't on the Carson show. Yeah. I know. Rip Taylor well, wasn't was on the Gar Carson show. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't give it, he was afraid. Yeah. Yeah, Jim McCall was afraid, and I and I think you know he he didn't. I don't know what it was. And you're right. He didn't give he didn't give me the shot. He, he made up. And I wasn't out in my act, but I certainly wasn't lying about it either. Uh, but uh, I just didn't really talk about it so, at the time. Um, I don't know if you knew Joel Schumacher or not, but Joel and I were. I very, did know Joel. I knew him. I knew Joel, him. Joel I mean, and he was I one were of the very, first people I made. Very close friends. We met in New York before I moved to California. Uh, downtown at what was then called St. Adrian's, which was a bar that was, shall we say, a progressive bar in those days. Yeah. In any event, in California, we both started to make a little bit of money, Bill. And it's how I got to know Palm Springs. Mm -hmm. Joel said, we need some place to go on the weekend. I said, yeah, I need some place to be able to take a girl. He said, yeah, I need some place to take a guy. Right. I said, so we got together and we bought a house, a cheap little house in Palm Springs, I think we paid $107,000 for it. And we kind of, Joel, of course, did his magic. And next thing I know, Angelo Dangia is doing the house. Yeah, so it's... You know, it's like, what? mid-century mid number in Palm Springs. All yeah. that, yeah. yeah. Right. And, and then Joel has it from Wednesday to Wednesday, and I have it from Wednesday to Wednesday. Ah. And my secretary books us. And people used to, and, and I got to say, nobody blinked. Yeah. And I'm, you know. Well, now, well now, now Palm Springs is the gayest place on earth. Well, I know. But, yeah, but it is. But, you know, there's a, it's like there's a lot of conservatives and Republicans and homosexuals that live there. Oh, that's and right. They live in harmony. It's just. Like, it is. There is no it, question about it. it because it's unbelievable. It, I yeah. said that the first time I went there, I was like, Palm Springs, this. This oasis in the desert where Republicans and homosexuals can live in harmony. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's it's incredible. And so, Tom, you started it. I, I hardly started it. I'm going to credit Joel, however, with starting it. He was a funny man. Say, I went to a couple of dinners with him. He was very well, funny. And Joel saved my life. Joel wrote car wash for me. He wrote a bunch oh of things God. for me in the early days. Tom, and do you know that I love that movie so much? You know, I, I, that, that first of all, I met Joel because of my friend Dawn, who I, Dawn Steinberg, who works at Sony. She's a vice president at, at Sony Television somewhere. She she um, introduced me to Joel when I first got to L.A. in 1983. I met with him. He was so nice. Um, and I, 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 I met him a few times after that. But I, I, he, I remember him and I knew he was like, oh, my God, he was, he was a gay director. It was like 
to know that was kind of reassuring and, sure. and nice. But yeah. um, car wash, <laughs> okay, I worked sorry. in the cafeteria in my high school. Right. And with Jackie Witten, who was our cafeteria lady, who was nuts, but I loved her. And we would play that soundtrack, and I would take those trays of like go down the aisle. Yeah, yeah I mean, well, I love listen, that. I didn't mean to derail this on Car Wash. No, no, it's great. It has a lot of territory. You say Car cover. Wash, I'm like, what? Rolls Royce? It's like the yeah, greatest soundtrack ever. I know. Ever. I know. I, I, you, you said that that soundtrack probably made more than the movie, didn't you? Oh, it that? did make more than the movie. Yeah. The soundtrack saved my ass on that particular yeah. picture because the movie did all right. It did well with a certain kind of middle-class black audience that was tired of across 125th Street in the Mac. You know, that, and that was me then because I went to see it. I went to yeah. see it in Stoneham, Massachusetts. I was obsessed with that movie. I could like quote it. I could yeah. name the whole cast. And it was, it worked out really well. And we had a great time making it. And I got to say, Joel wrote a wonderful script. But yeah. the part of the thing I loved about it is Joel didn't pull any punches in that script. And so you had a really diverse cast. For the yeah, first you time, did. you saw a Rainbow Coalition cast in a movie. Really kind of amazing. You know, to, I feel like, and I've been saying this a lot lately, the diversity in movies was much stronger in the 70s. Oh, and yeah. And even the late 60s. Yeah. It was it was really happening without people even saying it. It was just happening. And then the 80s came along and AIDS, and it all kind of went back to, you know, yeah. a lot of whiteness. And now it's, you know, it's people are making sure that it's it's diverse, but it's happening because people are being called out for it. In the 70s, people weren't really being called called out for it as much, and it was just happening. But yeah, Car Wash, it was like Antonio Fargas playing the, 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 the gay guy, and he's got that line where he says, I am more of a man than you'll ever be. That's and, right. And more of a, of a woman than you'll, you'll, you'll never have. Or something. It's yeah. a great line. It's a great yeah. line. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And you put that next to Bill Duke, and you put that next to other wonderful actors in that cast, uh, you know, and it's it's really... Melanie Mayron. Yeah, and... Melanie Mayron, that's right. Yeah, Melanie yeah. Mayron, who could fucking act, you know? Oh, Mel she sure could. Oh, Melanie Mayron, one of my favorite actors. And and Richard Pryor, who comes in the middle Pryor, of that George thing. Pryor, George Carlin. George oh. Carlin, everybody. You know, Danny DeVito, on and on. You know, Who uh, was the guy that owned the car wash, the heavy guy? Yeah, Sully Boyer. He was wonderful. He was wonderful. And he, I got from Lumet, he was a kind of stock New York Lumet mobster actor. Wow. And we dragged him to Mario California. Mario knows movies. If you know this, you I know my he movies. knows his well, movies. I God want to talk you. to you about, I feel like I'm going to have to do, because there's so much about movies. I, w I want to just talk movies. So I'm, so I'm going to make you come back another time and just do movies with us, because I think that we're, oh, that, that's. Oh, uh, I'd love that. Are you I would love that. Because yeah. I see him on, on, on Turner Classic Movies, and he, yeah. he, he just, that's, a, that's a great gig for you. They should just hire you. Oh, I'll just put it out there in the world. They need to hire you. Thrilling. Yeah. It's, it's my favorite thing. I, I, it's my favorite thing. Yeah. Yeah. Do um, you know, it's funny. I, I, I was thinking. I lived for years in in Los Angeles, across from a guy named Jack Larson, oh, and yeah. Jack Larson. I knew Jack Larson. Yep, me too. Did you? Yep. Yes. You, uh, 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 Jimmy. Uh, no, I Jim, didn't have sex with him, but I knew him. No, <laughs> but Jack Larson, for those who don't know, played Jimmy Olsen in the yes. original Superman series in the fifties. And Jack would come over, and he was he's since passed on it, but he lived in at a Frank Lloyd Wright house a one-bedroom home in Brentwood, directly across the street from where we lived. And he would come over, and he would sit down, and you'd say, tell us about the old days, you know, or whatever. And he would tell you what it was like, because Jack was gay. He would tell you what it was like to be gay and, and famous in the right. 50s. Right. With Montgomery Clip and, 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 and Rock Hudson and Salminio and, and all these yeah, all, yeah. all these different yeah. people. And evidently, and I didn't re I realize I'm a, a sheltered life, you know, I led. They all got together and talked about it all the time. Like oh, they, yeah. they all like where they had, had certain clubs where they met. They, they you know, that, you know, the world didn't know it cause, and couldn't know it, but they got together and knew it and talked about it constantly. And they, they saw each other. They, they had certain men in their lives or whatever it is. And, 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 there, and obviously over the course of time, certain people, obviously Elizabeth Taylor is famous for the, knowing these things, but, but keeping it under wraps so that everybody could still work. What an amazing thing that we go, I'm, I'm about to make a point here. The amazing thing we go from that to last week, or I don't know when it was, Tom Hanks says, if they made Philadelphia again today, 
I should not play it. It should be played by a gay man. Okay. What, what do you think about that? Let me tell you what I think about that. He's absolutely right, and I'm so happy he made that statement. But, and I said this on The View uh, the last time I was on, yeah. which was the 25th anniversary thing. Look, do I want every gay role played by a gay man? Yes, because the balance of gay roles and straight there aren't roles that many. Are just completely. Yeah. So people are like, well, then gay people shouldn't be able to play straight people. Wrong, because there's a million straight roles. So, and I think we gay people and gay actors do play straight roles, and it's fine uh, sometimes. But the the Hollywood studio system. I'm not talking an independent movie. I'm to the studio system. They're not going to make a major motion picture about a gay man in the lead or a trans person in the lead without a big star. That's yeah. just the way it's the way it is with any role. You want someone that's going to put people in those seats. Right. So the fact that that Scarlett Johansson movie she was going to make, I think it was a major film i forget who it was yeah, it was supposed to be an asian character or something like that the one you're talking no, about no she was going to play a trans oh yes you're right yes 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 and they shut it down and it was a major motion picture now that story will never get told because you know there's nobody like that who can carry that picture that, you know i love laverne fox but she's not going to put people yeah, as many sure. people in seats as you know uh, as, as scarlett johansson so i just think you know, if Brokeback Mountain is going to be made by, again, by Warner Brothers, it's not going to be two gay actors. Yeah. Maybe one of them. But I, I just don't think it's going to happen. Or not in my lifetime. I hope I'm wrong. But I do believe that um, it's like that for any role, in any any leading role, any leading role in a major motion picture by a Hollywood studio, they want a movie star. There are no trans movie stars, leading men movie stars. There's none. Yeah. So, so how do you do it? So here's the deal. Uh, having survived a studio for a long time. Yeah. Um, if you make three or four flops in a row and you're running yeah. a studio and it doesn't matter that you didn't make them or that you, some other guy in the studio came up with them, whatever the etymology is, the bottom line is your problem. So the bad news stops in your office if you're running a studio. Right. And if you make enough bad movies, three or four, somebody at the board level, at a meeting, will say to somebody else, these numbers are terrible. What do we do to improve the numbers? And guess what they do? They trade that person, that man or woman, out, gone, done. Get me another one. Because somebody, somewhere, will do a better job. So, the essence of this for me always was, who's best for the part? Who's best for the part? Now, you're right. I need a star. You need a star. You know, because I'm trying to hedge the bet. Not because I'm looking for the very best actor in the world. I mean, listen, no offense. I, Robert Redford's a lovely guy, but he's not the best actor in the history of man. You know, and so you put Robert Redford in the lead of a movie and you try to augment that with people around <laughs> him so that Bob does not, nope. you know, and doesn't have to carry it, carry it, and all of that. That's how it's done. That's how and the studio system has always done it. And, it's, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's how it's done. Now, if it's independent movie, like something like um, uh, Call Me By Your Name. Right. At the time, it was an independent movie. It wasn't a studio picture. I don't know who distributed it. But, right. you know, did Army Hammer and Damien, or whatever his name is, Timothy Chalamet, did they actually put that many people in seats at the time? They were both straight and they played gay roles. That's where you take the opportunity and you find at least yeah. one yeah because of neither them. one of them are really were at that time really stars right yeah. of course not. No, this is what i'm saying yeah so right. that, that's where that's where it angers me yeah. otherwise i'm like look of course it's you know it was a while ago but of course it's jake gyllenhaal and, and heath ledger and they were magnificent yeah that movie wasn't going to get made no, it, you course. don't have two gay or even one movie star that is a leading man that is a openly gay man it just doesn't exist well the good news like, about this good news about the streaming universe is that places like Netflix have such huge volume yeah. and so little dependence on it putting people in seats, the game's completely different. Yeah. So now you can get away with anything and you should be able to get away with anything content wise. And yeah. I got to say, the men and women who run streaming services in general come out of old school studios still. You know, they're not, yeah. you know, they're all 50. 
and that's not so good. I'd rather no, see the condition, the, the way the studios ran. Exactly right. They learned the craft. They learned the trade of running these organizations yes. at a time when all those conservative dictums were still in place. And honestly, if we could, if I could wave a magic wand, I'd say everyone running a streaming system ought to be twenty-five. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's. You know, but then some of the, you know, overly wokeness of all of this is just, I want to kill people. <laughs> Different issue. I want to go, yeah. you know what? And, and, you know, you were talking about being bullied. Everyone has their bullying stories, and it's 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 an awful thing. But at the same time, I'm here. Yeah. yeah. I got tough skin. Sometimes you need a little bullying to grow some skin. You know, everything is so overprotected. This Generation yeah. Z is so overprotected that their skin is this thin. Yeah, and, it's and that's got to be. Yeah, you know, and every comic is complaining about that. So you you must have run into that too. They just don't, oh, yeah. and they can't they can't take a joke. You can't say anything anymore. You know, I mean, this is just ridiculous. I'm going to stay. I want to stay. Do take us off track a little bit here, because uh, one of the things that movies do, it, to me, is is that they is as I was watching as a, a kid they sort of confirmed my sexuality. That is to say, I six-year-old, I go in and I see uh, The Parent Trap, and there's something about Haley Mills that I can't, and I'm like, Mom, can we see The Parent Trap again? Well, were there other, no, I want to see The Parent Trap again. And you realize that's that moment in time when you go, you don't say, I'm straight, because that doesn't mean anything when you're six, but you go like, there's something about that girl. I have, oh, yeah. Yeah. what was that, what is, if you're gay, and you're yeah. at that age and you're well, watching what do you what is it how does that you know i'm asking yo i do these, these are good questions well when i was very very young um i knew when i came out of the womb but um i always say i had a white microphone that had judy on it and i sang <laughs> um, but i when I, I, I when i was really young i mean it was like there was a bunch of them i mean it was david cassidy yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Cassidy, Jan Michael Vincent. Right. Uh, on my wall, the right me- here. The mechanic I mean, and uh, the what was what were Jan Michael Vincent? And the world's greatest athlete, which was a Disney movie. Oh yes. Uh, yeah. But he did a lot of adult movies. But yeah, I mean, um, he did Hooper with Burt Reynolds. Right. Um, right. 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 Yeah. And and the mechanic. And you said the mechanic. I saw a movie that he was in recently that I had never seen. He wasn't a good actor either. No. Uh, he had that but helicopter he movie. He had a movie about helicopters, but I can't but remember. Was it Airwolf? He did Airwolf. That that's right. That's yeah. it. And I loved Seriously. Robert Redford. I I had a cover of this screenplay of what was the movie Big Big Hoss and Little Falsy. Yeah. I mean, yes. With with J Michael J Pollard and uh, or is it J Michael Pollard? Um, Michael J Pollard. That's right. Yeah, I had that picture of him with the shirt yeah. off in a derby of Robert Redford. I was I love. I, yeah. Dick Godier was another one in Bye Bye Birdie, the, the the Broadway show. I thought he was beautiful. Yeah, I knew, I knew, I I could list them. <laughs> Speaking of Haley Mills, did you ever see Pollyanna? Oh, of course. Are you kidding me? Magnificent. Yeah. Or the Thomasina, or you know, all, all, all of these different things. Oh, yeah, yeah, I love, I love yeah. the Disney movies. Oh, right, me too. Of course. Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. So, you say something. One stupid question. I just wanted to ask. Did you actually have to audition for Sex and the City, or did they just warmly embrace you, which they should? Well, you know, Michael Patrick King, um, who by the third year of that show kind of got the creative reins um, and was driving it. I knew him from 1983. We were doing stand-up together at the Improv. He always loved me, always loved me, always would throw me ideas and say, okay, Joan Rivers is husband just died and you're on the cruise and she's grieving and melissa's there with her friends go and i would have to improvise like right. he would do stuff like that he was nuts yeah. but anyway he wrote me that part it was just a one-off and i was in an off-broadway show at the time and there was a thing about whether the director was going to let me out to, to do it or not i was like i'm doing it yeah. um so i auditioned i went in just as a formality and read it and i got it and then they got a lot of um great feedback about it and yeah. i came back the fourth i only did one episode the third season two episodes the fourth season three episodes the fifth season and six episodes the sixth season so i only did 12 episodes and then i did both movies which really cemented it and now i'm finally a regular on in just like that and it feels great and i was so happy with this season because it deep the character deepened um and it got better and because before i mean i love doing them but it was just these little flashes of gay funny there was no yeah. story with it. and now and i think next season it's going to be even even better um and i got put into 
Carrie, Sarah Jessica's character's life this yeah. year, which is a big deal. And we love working together. And I'm still in, you know, Kristen's life as the character of, uh, of, um, of uh, Kristen Davis plays um, Charlotte. And, and, you know, and, and Cynthia Nixon, who directed one of the episodes, who directed an off-Broadway show. So that sure. I've, but anyway, the answer is yes, he wrote that for me. Yeah, wonderful. Because... <laughs> And no, I no. love Michael. I would go anywhere. Michael Patrick King is to me is like this, like Bill Getty, Michael Patrick King, and Joe Mantello. Those are my three. Yeah. That I would be like, whenever you want, let's that's, go. That's um, a great three. How, how did uh, I'm sure you've been asked this a million times, but you, know, I'm, you have to talk to me like I've been on another planet. How did how did the 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 um, Willie Garson thing? How did was that dealt with this season? How how did that shake down in terms of? Well, nobody nobody knew. I mean, he kept it to himself, and nobody knew except Sarah. And uh, but I didn't know she knew till later. She kind of disclosed that later on mm -hmm. because she was, t you know, he said don't say anything, and he was. I, I it was a shock. It was sad. It was horrible. It was so weird. And had you shot everything already? Is it? No, we were we were block shooting the first three episodes. Okay. It's our first thing. Right. And he he told me, I thought he was joking until yeah. he turned his head. And then I sat down and I was crying with him and it was just awful. And, the, mm. you know, he told, I remember, so, you know, he told, basically told everybody one by one. And, um, you know, we thought he could make it through the first three episodes. But, you know, in the first episode, there's a scene where we're in front of a, a theater going in to see Charlotte's daughter play her musical recital. And we right. have an argument with, in front of Sarah Jessica and I yeah, walk in with I remember her. That. Yeah. And then there's an internal scene that was shot three weeks later that he couldn't make. And they, in that morning, I got a rewrite from Michael that the scene was now between me and Sarah Jessica. And um, so it, it just... Wow. just it just yeah. all shifted and then Brutal. that was it it was, it was i mean we were like you can do this you know we all wanted him to come sure. but he he was pancreatic cancer it was horrible yeah. and he had a kid and he yeah. you know he just said i want to go home so and i just say one more thing about this idea and what you've just talked about is an amazing impact kind of a coming together around his issue and around his death ultimately mm -hmm. and it it unites everyone Having lived through Hollywood at the height of the AIDS epidemic, yeah. the same thing happened. Straight yeah. people and gay people had to come together and coalesce because there was a monster out there that none of us could figure out how the hell to deal with. And it changed everyone's perception about everything forever. And so yeah. the people who lived through that, I mean, I had many, many, many friends who died in that process. And yeah. <clears throat> it was know, rough. Yeah. It was rough, it, but you know, it also set back gay rights, you know, 30 years because it was coming. It was cut in the seventies. It was coming. Oh yeah. And we were like gay Absolutely. liberation. It was coming. It just slapped it back 30 years. And that's why uh, this, it's just now that we're part of the inclusivity and the, the diversiveness of, 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 of all of it. It's just kind of the last, what, five, six years that it's been happening. Uh, that it's been okay again. It, it took you know, and then people are like, Oh, it's so much better now. It's a little better. You know, but there's still only a room for a, a, a few of us. Um, you know, also, <laughs> also, I was thinking about this when I was about talking to you. I thought, you know, it'll be when it'll be. Um, you'll know it's okay is when no one asks you about being gay. Like I, oh, I yeah. spent we spent half this time talking a little bit about what, whatever that is. It, at some point, somebody's just going to talk to you. You know, uh, no. I, you know what I'm saying, right? Nobody talks with me about being straight. No, it's true. And like gay comedian, I'm like, I'm not a gay comedian. Yeah. I'm a comedian who yeah. happens to be gay. I've always been a comedian first, yeah. you know, and, and even when I was young and I was doing stand up, and I wasn't out of the closet publicly yet. Uh, but I would do Betty Davis on stage and do Julia Child. And it's like, if you didn't know you were an idiot. I mean, I wasn't doing it in drag, but I was doing impressions of women and some men, but mostly women. And, you know, so if you didn't know, you weren't very perceptive, but either way, some people didn't want to know, especially in those mainstream comedy clubs, which is the ones I did, like the Improv, Catch a Rising Star, Caroline's the Comedy Cellar. Like those were the ones in the '80s that I did, and it's it's. Uh, I wasn't talking about being gay, but I was not talking about not being gay. But it forced me to really search and stretch for original material that no one else was doing. Right, right, and. 
And that was the greatness of it. And even when I finally kind of started talking about her a little bit on stage, it was a little bit here yeah. and there. I, I I didn't talk about her a lot. I don't talk about my relationship that much on stage at all. I, I, I don't, I didn't talk about it. So it was like, I didn't want to be the fat comedian just doing fat jokes, you know? Sure. Right. I, I wanted no, to be no the question. first. You're, you're gonna, you're, are you gonna do with that one man show? Are you gonna do another one man show? If you didn't see uh, Mario's one man show, uh, Laugh Whore, you really missed something. I mean, it's, it's and, and I'm like, one man shows are like, I don't know. They're not usually my thing. You can kind of imagine. I've been to a few where I thought, oh, I have to sit through. This show was so hysterically funny. And it was very successful. I mean, it was a limited run kind of thing, right? It was a limited run, and, and Showtime, Showtime produced it. It was the one and only Broadway show they ever actually produced. They had filmed many, but they had never produced it. Right. They produced it, and they filmed it. They made it a 90-minute special. It was really, got nominated for Tony Award. It was great. Do I want to do another one at this point in my life? I mean, I do, but I know that it's going to be a Well, that's killer. kind of oh. what I was going at, because what's oh. happening to you is, because you're younger than I am, but not a lot. No. And What's happening for you is all of a sudden you're hot. Everybody's like, you're getting calls. You're making deals for season two and three and five or whatever it is of the, of, of, of sex in the city. And, yep. uh, and, uh, I see, I, I look you up, you're, you're, you're starring in this series and that series as a guest star and you got some movies coming out and whatever it is. And like, is that, does it irk you that it's now happening? Like yes. instead of 40 years ago or <laughs> yes, 20 years ago? You kidding me? It's like now this is happening. I'm exhausted. I just want to sleep. <laughs> but, I, but you know, look, I've I, I've actually been just like, okay, you're flying here next week. Okay, you're going there next week. Okay, you go. I've been actually Nashville, LA. I've been flying. I've been like, I'm like, I'm just kind of embracing it and doing it. And and I'm, I, it's exhausting. I'm tired. But yeah. at the same time, I hate the word grateful because everybody uses it. But, but you are um, grateful. I guess I'm grateful. I'm I'm. I, people are like, oh, you're so lucky, you know, that Sex in the City came back. I'm like, no, I'm not lucky that it came back. I, I, I'm lucky that I was involved in it. I'm, I'm lucky that I was involved with it in the first place. But the fact that it came back, I, I don't think they were going to do it without me. Right, know, right. Yeah. Right. So yeah. So you're I, part I, of I you're part of the there. success. That's yeah. exactly you're part of the product. I agree with that. You know, people are always doing that. You were so lucky to, and it's like, yeah, but yeah, you know, <laughs> it, no. it was, it was. It, uh, there is an element of luck. Well, like the first moment is an element of luck. I always say to people like that. The first thing, like, how did you end up in the same room? That was luck. What yeah. happened after that was not luck. And, and 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 also off track a little bit. These young gay actors and and young gay people. Period. The the the, the generation Zers that I'm constantly, you know, ranking on. They don't know that you lost jobs because of it. They don't right. know yeah. in, in the business in right. show business. Right. I'm not talking about the world. I mean, it happened in the world too. But I mean, they don't know what it was like in show business. You really. I always say this. You felt like you were a leper. It was just. It was really weird and odd and to to climb my way to the middle basically and stay there was a feat yeah back sure in the 90s and even the 2000s it was a feat so now you know it's it's different i mean you know it's it's well, it's, it's, it's it's definitely better but i still don't think it's great it's yeah, exactly it's not great it's better <laughs> that's exactly right did you have anything else you wanted to say yeah i have one question that i need to ask mario <laughs> okay and Mom's hilarious. He's he, just kinda, he does a yeah. big, he, he needs, he, he listens, sets it up. And then he's like, this is why he ran a studio. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> it's the listening part. So <laughs> here's what I need from you. I need your well-considered list of your three favorite movies of all time. Oh, God, that's so difficult. I know it is. It's a hell of a question. Well, okay. Um, I love All About Eve. Right. Because I can't shut it off when I when it comes on. Right. Um, uh, I love the King of Comedy. Yes. Mm, interesting. It's a great one. I love that movie. It's just you know. It's a great one. He's he's. I think it's his best performance. Um, um, oh God. Oh Jesus. Um, that's two, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, you like so many movies. That's the problem. so many. I, I mean, know. you know. I tell I mean, me. I, I know. I, 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 I love, um, you know, I, I love, I've seen you go on about little shop of horrors many times. I do. Well, that, well, for my money, it's, I, I, I showed that on TCM 
the great thing about TCM was I did five Sundays last October with Ben Mankiewicz, who was my bro man. So of, yeah, I love him so great. much. I love him. He's just a good man. And, you know, I always go like this to him. You're a Mankiewicz. Because um, <laughs> he is. He's, yeah, like you're, exactly. you're a Mankiewicz. Yeah. And it's so funny because he loves movies, but he's a guy. He's such a guy. He's like, you know, he likes gambling and, you know, he's just a guy guy. Yeah. He likes sports probably yeah, yeah. better than movies, um, but he loves movies. He comes from, the, you know, the, he's, you know, his his right. father Frank, was was Ken, Robert Kennedy's press secretary. And I mean, he, he is such an interesting and just great Uncle Joe and his grandfather Herman. I mean, it's, it's an amazing thing. Um, um uh, but we, I got to pick all those movies that month, two every Sunday night. I think we're going to do it again this October. And it was a thrill. I don't even love horror movies. It's not my go-to. They just like, we want you to do horror. I was like, all right. But I went off the track and I got to do like Little Shop of Horrors, the musical, which it is the best. It's the last great movie musical ever made. Not yeah. There's some good ones, but there's it's right. the last great. Yeah, it is great. Yeah, Tell me La La Land is good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, yes. All right. And then, and then, Bill, if you could be persuasive with Mario yeah. and get him to do another show, we have to devote an entire show to a discussion of Paul Newman and HUD. But I'll put that on hold. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I love Paul. I, Paul Newman and HUD. Paul, I was just talking about, you know, they're doing a thing on TCM this month, um, revisionist, revisionist Westerns. And I don't love Westerns, but I loved... Um, uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Yeah. It's yeah. one of my, oh. and it's, it's the two of them. It's ridiculous. But then you see him in like Sweeper to Youth with Geraldine Page, and he's just ridiculously yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. He really yeah. was. But he became a better actor as he got older. Yeah, yeah. he really did. He really did. Yeah. Um, I can't think of anything. Uh, there are a thousand things I want to talk with you about, but they will take <laughs> too long. I didn't, I didn't say a third movie. Let's just say Pinocchio. Pinocchio. Right. There it is. I Great. love classic one. animation. I love it too. I love it. Great film. Um, You'll never see that again. Thank you for doing this, Mario. Really, or, or if, by the way, if you're in, if you're in New York, it's Mario. He's Mario. Yeah, Cantone it's Mario. Yeah, I don't but know what Mario. that is. What is that about? I've never. Understood I don't know, that. but you know, even like, you know, uh, yeah, that Ma it's always it's Mar Mario. They say Mario in in New York, and even people that are named Mario of they say Mario. Yeah, it's it's hard, and everywhere else they say Mario. And I, I don't know. Mess well, you'll always be Mario to me. Yeah. So anyway, right. thank you for being you're with from us. Oklahoma. That's the way <laughs> exactly right. That's the way we say it in Oklahoma. There's so many Marios in Oklahoma. Uh, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Mario. There are no shortcuts in Hollywood. Remember that. But there are many, many detours. This is Bill Getty with Tom Mount, advising you to take some gin. <laughs> Yay. No, I'll come back and do a movie, do a whole Yeah, movie. that'd be Thank great. You. Thank you so much.